Yeah. Okay. Dajia hao, everyone. Welcome back to Fools in a Walk. So this week, we are missing my co-host, Cheryl. I do miss her. She is away this week, but she's in South Africa, actually, um, visiting family, and she's there for three weeks. And it's so cold right now, Stephen, in Taiwan. It's freezing, and she's in South Africa, and it's really sunny. And I keep seeing pictures of her with all of her family, like swimming and like barbecuing. Like, oh, I mean, my heart bleeds for you. I mean, <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was about minus two last night. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, but it's a different. It's a different type of cold to the UK. When it's a dry cold, it's 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 more bearable. But that's a different podcast weather. Um, but this week, um, I'm actually quite excited for this episode. So I took the opportunity to film with a longtime friend. Um, while Cheryl's away, and I wanted to discuss the next topic that we're going to discuss because it's something as a teacher that I've had to. I've come literally into. I've had so many experiences with it, and also now as a mum, mental health is something that I I hyper focus on with my child because right now he's the newborn stage, and you don't know. You can't determine like yeah. autism or any mental health issues right now. Um, so I wanted to discuss this with you because it's something that you've been exploring, struggling with, researching, yeah. and that's ADHD. And I know there's a lot of mums out there that constantly, um, as a teacher, are contacting me saying, "Oh, my child has ADHD. They, they need to be dealt with this way in the classroom," or "I think my child has ADHD," or the flip, where they don't know. And I'm not someone that can diagnose, but you know sometimes it's very obvious. But the parents are kind of in denial with that. So I wanted to do an episode today on ADHD and explore that for the mums in Taiwan and all over the world, and and for teachers and for people who may feel like they have ADHD or they do have ADHD and they want someone to relate to. So I'll start with Stephen and I have been friends for a very long time since we were around thirteen, fourteen. Um, do you want to give a quick introduction to yourself? Yeah, so um, where to start? So I suppose I don't really have any reputable um, qualifications in ADHD other than living with it. But um, mm -hmm. throughout my life, I've um, um, lived without knowing that I had ADHD. So I've gone into adult life with that. But I do have other neurodiverse um, conditions that were also... Um, pointed out to me so in university I was um, diagnosed with dyslexia as well so um, that's something that happened to me I've done several things in my life um, well, photography kitchen design dyslexia is something that I can relate to because I'm I'm also dyslexic um, yeah and I know how 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 that can the challenges of it but also I've kind of embraced my dyslexia and it definitely works for me now than against me. But we can discuss that a little bit later. But we've known each other for a really long time and uh, we stopped talking for a couple of years. I think about seven years, didn't we? We had a break. We had a friendship break for seven years. We, we had a really, really bad, like, what? We went to that fun fair and then the mirror smashed. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? The thing is with our friendship, if anyone out there can relate when you've been friends with someone for a really long time, nothing actually really bad happened between us like for me to say we didn't speak for seven years you would think like I don't know you slept with my mum <laughs> well that's that's probably a good thing worth talking about because there's probably um 
what often to split up over a band yeah. you know over you know and um it's probably emotional regulation within that mm-hmm. that probably coincided with that happening Definitely. which will be interesting to kind of look into and discover because you know not speaking to someone for seven years doesn't warrant what happened to me and you but it did yeah yeah and, uh, and that is really really and actually you're the only friend I've had that that has happened to most of my friends are long-term friends so yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense and um, yeah, yeah. it does make a little bit of sense if you look at it in the in terms of neurodiversity though so um... yeah and I'm the one that reached out to you and and after we started talking again for a bit you told me that you um were struggling and then you were getting tested and you'd been diagnosed with ADHD and what was really I don't know it just made sense to me knowing you and this is why I wanted to talk about before we go into it um to go into ADHD to talk about how long we've known each other because it is part of the backstory like when I look back at us growing up and some of the things you did and situations that you were in and how you reacted it completely makes sense completely yeah so many people I mean so many people were like oh yeah so um just to let you know um just been um diagnosed with ADHD and they go oh yeah that makes sense you know I could have told you that and it's like then why didn't you yeah. <laughs> well it's it not that like, if you knew but... you know and everyone's yeah. like yeah okay mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's, that that makes sense and it's like thank you <laughs> I know yeah so let's let's go into a bit of like understanding ADHD so one yeah. question I want to ask you is who in your family has ADHD do you think there's anyone in your family that has it Although we're diving straight into the um, is it genetic type thing. Yeah. Um, so um, there's no one diagnosed in my family with ADHD um, officially. Mm-hmm. But my if you go back to my grandparents, my granddad definitely showed signs of ADHD and dyslexia. Okay. Um, my, my grandma on my mum's side, um, she was born prematurely. And she was a little slow. And I think you met my grandma. Oh, your mum, yes, I met her a lot, yes. The I just thought that's because she was old, though. Yeah, well, no, apparently she was always like that. Oh, see, I just thought, oh, she was an old lady, so, you know, she was just a bit off. You know, sometimes, uh, that, like, old always, people There was always something missing with, with her as well. Um, both of them were addicted to smoking um, as well, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a massive sign of um, neurodiversity. My, on my dad's side... Within my dad's side of the family, it's quite prevalent as well. Within you know some of my cousins, within especially especially on my my dad definitely has some form of neurodiversity, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's difficult to say because without a psychologist, yeah, and a test and all of those things, you can't know. But you then can't that goes know, and it's unfair we... to say. definitely but before we go into what exactly ADHD is for people out there that maybe don't understand it and just think it's like people who are hyper um do you do you think that ADHD is genetic oh no it's scientifically proved to be genetic but there's no gene found is there there's no ADHD gene right well ADHD isn't a gene I know, but normally ADHD, when you yeah. when something's genetic, there's a gene. So, like, if you have, um, I don't know, uh, some sort of uh, autoimmune disease, there'll be a, a gene specific to that. Oh, and so you're talking about down. genealogy. 
Yeah, okay. so like with so, cancer, there'll be a certain gene or things like that. But with ADHD, um, after a little bit of research, I found that there's no gene that has been found no. to say that it's genetic, like it's passed. So it's within your neurology, isn't it? So um, if you're, if you're, one of your parents have ADHD or some level of neurodiversity, hmm. there's a 40% chance that you're probably going to inherit that. Okay. And that is what has been, and that information has, information has been gathered, lots of subjects <laughs> within the mm. study, and within those cases, yeah, 40% so it was. if someone knows that their parents have ADHD, and maybe they've been feeling a little bit um, outcast at school or not understanding certain reactions or emotions, maybe it's worth them getting tested then instead of just saying, oh, my dad has ADHD or my mum does. I Would you say that it would be something that's worth going and getting checked then if it runs in the family? A hundred percent, because, I mean, when I found out I had ADHD, the first thing I did is I reached out to my mum. And mm. my mum, you know, when I was a child, she very much was, okay, there is something different about my son. Yeah. Or maybe maybe sons, plural. <laughs> um, Definitely. Um, so I have a brother as well. Yeah. And uh, I just met my brother. And um, she basically, when I told her I had ADHD, she was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, and I hyper-focused on it and learned everything I could about it. And I told her that you know, there's a 40% chance that, you know, you inherit that from either of your parents. Mm. And then the first thought is, you know, which one is it? In my case, probably both. Yeah. But my mum kind of acknowledged that, you know, maybe she had it as well. Right. Um, right. But she was like, but well, there's no point her. She her opinion was, I don't want to get diagnosed because I've got this far in life. So why would I need to do it now? It's not a hindrance um, to her, as maybe no, it is. How, um, yeah. However, in the last year, it's been a year since I've been diagnosed. But in the last year, she has now started to look into it a lot more. And she has realized that the inattentive side of it, which is more kind of on the autistic spectrum, mm -hmm. is all her. So now she's kind of through my ADHD, she's starting to look into how her brain works. And, and I think that's a really healthy thing to do. Really healthy. And actually, I'm so glad you picked up on that because... Um... ADHD you can have ADHD regardless of any gender right however they do say that uh, men likely um, display hyperactivity and like impulsive behavior whereas girls and women are more likely to have inattentive ADHD um, so they not, not always, always but because... a lot of studies have, uh, that they've done on it have shown that women like the way that it has played out that this is why a lot more males are diagnosed with ADHD than females is because women Massive. tend to have a little bit more inattentive ADHD. Well, also, it's, it's, I think it's I think it's like six to one or something. So every six men who get diagnosed, one woman does, or it's four to one or something like that. It's been yeah. like a big number, especially yeah. in the past. Yeah. So it's but just interesting that time... you, you say your mum um, probably it hasn't really affected her, but now she's looking into it and maybe hers is more inattentive ADHD. Wow. There's also the problem as well that women mask stuff more than men. <laughs> so, But it's easier to mask a... being inattentive than it is being hyper and um, being hyperactive and impulsive. See, I've definitely masked my hyperactiveness mm. as I've, it doesn't seem it from the surface. 
this is me at 20 percent. imagine what i'll be like at 100 um, <laughs> i mean all of us are 100 percent, regardless <laughs> would, would be would be crazy um yeah. so now now we've spoke a little bit about like we've already mentioned like hyperactive um, impulsive behavior intentiveness these are symptoms of adhd let's go into it then for we've kind of like gone around the subject a little bit but for those <laughs> who don't really know what it is let's go into what is adhd Okay, so our brains are made up of hundreds of different neurotransmitters, mm. okay? And there are three neurotransmitters that are very, very, very important for the brain. The first one is dopamine. The second one is serotonin. And the third one is a bastard to say, and I always struggle with it, is mm -hmm. neuro, was it neuropinephrine is okay. the third one. Okay, so imagine you need these three things um, mm -hmm. for several different things within your brain. And if you look at a neurodiverse person opposed to a neurotypical person, imagine a neurotypical person's brain being like a city like Amsterdam, for example. Um, it has lots of transport routes, as in mm -hmm. bridges and cycle routes. And everything flows really well. It's got a really good metro system. Mm. Like the, you're basically traveling around this city is very easy. Mm. And if you were to look at, say, a neurodiverse person's brain, someone with ADHD, dyslexia, or any of the following conditions that um, that may affect you, yeah. that's probably more like an American city. So everything's grid blocked. You can't get anywhere. It takes more time. Right. So essentially what is happening is the communications between the brain aren't connected as well so it takes longer to do certain things oh okay okay that's okay so uh the adhd brain a network of its own which is just what you were describing with creating pathways um different ways uh different types of cities right different ways of transporting around different pathways in yeah. your brain. So researchers at Harvard University studied ADHD and non-ADHD subjects as they responded to a challenging and cognitive task. So actually, when I um, have to assess my students on their cognitive ab ability, you know, it's how they use their brain. Do they think logically about things? So while both groups have difficulty with the task, the ADHD group failed to activate their interior cingulate cortex which plays two significant roles in um intentional processing so adjusting the focus of a person's attention so where and yep. when and then as well as balancing the focus of attention how much attention for how long so the adhd participants engaged differently so less um specialized part of their brain when tackling the task so what that means is the research highlights what individuals with attention deficit um they already know basically it's difficult to know what to do and when to do it this is because of an apparent lack of ability to engage the most effective part of their brain the interior cingulate cortex so i think that's yeah. the frontmost portion of your brain yeah it's your frontal lobe the prefrontal ACC, cortex yeah so it's yeah. been implicated in several com um, complex cognitive functions so they've done it in multiple experiments and then they struggle yeah. with um which i found this part really interesting because i knew decision making great we all know that with adhd people right but yeah. um empathy impulse control and emotion okay i get impulse control but emotion and empathy 
I that that was a new one for me. I'd never connected oh, that really? with ADHD. So emotional regulation is the one that gets me the most, probably, um, more than anything. So it's it's like emotional sunburn. So if someone say say if you feel a level of rejection, um, it's like okay, imagine someone slapping you on the back. Yeah. And imagine someone slapping you on the back with sunburn. It hurts more. Yeah. And that's what emotional regulation is, I suppose, for people with ADHD is that, you know, when you get rejected by something or when someone upsets you, you feel those emotions so much more intensely really? and so much more. And you can't even imagine. And in a society that people aren't expressing those emotions all the time, you have to you know, keep them inside. You know, you learn, that you learn to master sense. those things. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to how, like, especially students, how they might deal with being um ostracized or being punished or disciplined because of a certain behavior that they can't help or don't understand how to help and then that makes sense into why um as soon as people are angry or get angry easily they might be diagnosed with adhd right well it's one of those things as well there's other conditions that come along with adhd so i mean i am <laughs> Uh, I've got ADHD, I've got dyslexia, I also have um, central processing disorder, which is more on the autistic side. So I probably have a little bit autistic as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, and probably a few more things as well. So I think the way I kind of feel about, um, I prefer that I'm considered neurodiverse more than ADHD. You know, okay. and um, that that's a big thing for me. And also, ADHD is a really bad name for it. <laughs> it shouldn't be attention called ADHD. Attention deficit disorder. Yeah. Well, um, it's, well, it's attention deficit and hyperactive disorder, which doesn't explain what it is. You know, no. So. No. Um, okay. So, how does it affect you in your day to day life? So, for anyone listening that might might think, "Oh, I don't have ADHD," maybe <laughs> after hearing like your day to day problems that arise because of it they might be triggered and think oh oh wait that is me <laughs> please join us on thursday at eight o'clock to continue our discussion on adhd and how it's affected Stephen in his day-to-day -day life i hope you've enjoyed part one and are looking forward to this four-part episode with Stephen. thanks guys tune in on thursday